Support for this podcast and the following message come from Dignity Memorial. When your celebration of life is prepaid today, your family is protected tomorrow. Planning ahead is truly one of the best gifts you can give your family. For additional information, visit DignityMemorial.com. Bullseye with Jesse Thorne is a production of MaximumFun.org and is distributed by NPR. It's Bullseye. I'm Jesse Thorne. I'm going to tell you about a singer. Maybe you have heard of him, maybe you have not. His name is Cor Blunt. He plays country and western music. Western music, speaking geographically. There are songs about trucks and cattle and quite a bit of dark and biting humor. I'll give you an example, a single from about a decade ago called Bible on the Dash. It's a song about going out on the road on tour, getting pulled over, and one weird trick that Corblund says can get you out of just about any ticket. You'll obey my earthly law. Yes, we did our best to quote some holy writ chapter and verse. What kind of music y'all's making? We said Christian music, sir. He contemplated, thought about it, twirled his cop mustache. All right, you boys, be careful now. Just don't drive quite so fast. It's better than insurance registration line. It's better than these fake IDs I keep on buying. It's even better than envelope stuff with cash. But they always say they send me the Bible on the dish. Corblund is a native Westerner. He's from Alberta, Canada. He grew up working on ranches there. He just put out a new album called El Viejo. Like his earlier work, it is clever, plain, beautifully produced. The title of the album is a reference to Ian Tyson. Tyson was an Alberta legend, both as half of the folk duo Ian and Sylvia and as a Western music solo star. He was also a friend and mentor to Corb. When I first talked to Lund back in 2010, it was at a folk festival up in Calgary. Now we got him in the studio with his guitar and everything, so we will not only converse, but we will also hear a few of Corb's songs. Can't wait to get into it. Here's my conversation with Corb Lund. Corb Lund, welcome to Bullseye. I'm so happy to have you back on the show. Yeah, thanks, Jesse. It's been a while, huh? Yeah, you're you're out there in Calgary. That's where we first met. I was at the we were at the Calgary Folk Festival uh, with folk music legend Roberta Flack headlining, as I recall. Yeah, that's, that's right. <laughs> It was a good time. I think the record that you had out at the time was military history themed. Oh, that's a while ago. Yeah, yeah. I, I was a Johnny Horton fan when I was a kid. So, yeah, Sink the Bismarck and Battle of New Orleans and all that. Yeah. How far from Calgary did you grow up? About three hours. Our family ranch and our family farm are about three hours, two and a half, three hours south of here. We're probably about four miles north of the Montana border as the crow flies. Our, our ranch is right beside Gla- Glacier Park just on the northern side of the line. Does your family still have it? Yeah. What kind of farm? Cattle. We raise cattle. I mean, my, my grandfather's generations were the last generation that only raised cattle. My dad had cows, but he was a veterinarian also. And I don't have cows. I, I'm, I can barely have a dog. I'm, on the, I'm never home. So, Did you uh, work on the ranch when you were a kid? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I grew up around cattle and riding horses. And 
my dad, like I said, was a veterinarian, so I was pressed into service as a vet assistant at a young age. So I've done all that gnarly stuff. Did you go out on calls with your dad? Yeah, yeah. I'd carry carry stuff for him, and I, mostly it was when I was quite young. So you know, you go to a farmer's farmer's uh, barnyard or, or ranch someplace, and and you know, castrate a bull or treat a horse for colic or float some teeth or you know. So I, I he he'd. Uh, had me doing all kinds of things. I, I was unpaid, so I was. <laughs> but I, um, yeah, I mean, I did a little cutting and all kinds of things. The third thing you said was float some teeth. Yeah, it's like what does that mean? It's filing molars. Oh, did you think when you were a kid that uh, you were gonna grow up, move away, go to college, and get whatever the one step more white collar job than country vet is? No, no. I, I thought I'd be a cowboy with the rest of my family and, 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 uh, raise cows probably. I, I entertained veterinary stuff for a moment, but just, I think kids do that just cause they look at their dad, but it, it was never really my bag. Exactly. You rode steer when you were a kid, right? Yeah. I rode steers. That's like the kid version of bull riding. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> You won't find me doing riding anything. So, yeah, I thought that was normal when I, I thought everyone just did that. Because you know, when you're a kid, you don't have any anything else to compare it to. I just thought everyone did that. <laughs> and then when I was in high school, I steer wrestled a little bit. That's where you jump off the galloping horse and wrestle the steer. But I, I did that briefly, and then that was right around the time I got into Black Sabbath and stuff. So, so that was a music in my family was all like no one played music in my family they were they were big marty robbins fans and johnny horton like i said and kenny rogers and the statler brothers and and uh, you know the, the the standard sort of 70s country stuff um but when i got into music it was i found some friends at high school in high school that were into into metal and stuff and so that was that was a whole i, I guess like growing up in a Western cowboy setting is probably exotic for some people because they pay big money to go to a dude ranch. But to me, it just seemed like kind of normal and just day-to-day life. And so I found rock music super exotic and interesting in a whole nother, uh, you know, whole nother universe. And so I, I dived into that much to the chagrin of my parents. And I was in a speed metal band for about nine or 10 years um, in the 90s. But I was writing Western music all through that as well. But uh, when I started making Western country and Western records, my family were a little more, a little more comfortable with it because that was more up their alley. Did you think of yourself when you became a guy that listened to Black Sabbath when you were fifteen or sixteen or whatever? Were you doing that because you were like, uh, later for you, country chumps? I'm a rock and roll guy now. Uh, was it an adolescent rebellion? Not consciously. Like I never stopped liking cowboy stuff. I just, I just really, really dug rock music. It was just really new and fresh and something I'd never heard before. It was this whole exotic thing I'd never experienced. Right. And in fact, some of the metal tunes we wrote in the nineties, some of the, I wrote the lyrics to some of them and some of them are experiments with, you know, grafting sort of Western lyrics with, with rock music. <laughs> so, but it was, it was in, interesting because when I, like the, the, the metal scene and the punk rock scene that I was part of was, was super indie, do it yourself, underground, fight the man, anti-establishment, anti-corporate kind of a scene. So, um, my songwriting 
was the DNA of my songwriting approach was forged in a in a situation where you're encouraged to be as strange and unique and find your own voice as you could. And when I started writing Western songs or country songs or roots songs, whatever you want to call it, that I do now, uh, I I'd brought that with me. Because that's the only way I knew to write, how to write songs. So if I'd have gone straight from the farm and the ranch into country music, I'm pretty sure my music would be a lot more straight, straight ahead down the between the between the ditches. But because I was immersed in a real indie metal punk rock scene for ten years, the stuff I write now it has a sense of irreverence and and rebellion baked into it. And, and and it's a really interesting thing, I think. I mean, I guess I shouldn't be the judge of that. Other people should. But to me, it's interesting because it's a mix of like Western traditional cowboy themes, but always with a sort of irreverent twist. Was there punk rock at your high school? No, because I grew up in a really small town. So when my friend and I, and, and in fact, the, the initial rock music I, I was exposed to was like the the more, if there was such a thing, the more mainstream metal of the day, like Iron Maiden and Judas Priest and that kind of thing. And then when my friend and I would come up, who I started playing guitar with at 14 or 15, when we would come to a bigger place like Calgary, which is a mid-sized city, we would get the whiff of something Indian underground because you'd see those crappy gig posters posted on the lamp posts with paste, or, or you'd go to a weird indie record shop. And we could see there was another world out there besides the small town stuff we were exposed to. And so we slowly, slowly absorbed that. And and then I eventually went to um, Edmonton, which is another city north north of us here in Calgary. Uh, to, I went to jazz school because they didn't have an Iron Maiden school. <laughs> but I went I went to music school at the jazz school. And, and that was useful, but we got really em- enmeshed, in the, enmeshed in the indie punk rock metal scene there. And that's kind of where I formed my first band. Can you rip six solos if you want to? I'm not that much of a lead player. A little bit. I have my moments. <laughs> Do you ever just like hang out in the house with a, a flying V and just tap for fun? Uh, I don't tap, but I do have a flying V in the house. <laughs> you know what's cool? I'm taking I'm taking guitar lessons from the guitar player from Megadeth right now. No, and this is a strange story. He's, he's a great, he's a wicked guitar player named Timu. He's from Finland, and I was taking a, I took a couple lessons from him before he was in Megadeth. He had he's in some other metal bands in in Europe. One's called Winter Sun, but it's super modern technical metal. And then uh, I got a whole, I reached him through a, a guitar technique forum I'm part of online and then uh, he gave me a couple lessons and then and then he kind of disappeared for a while and because he got the he got the gig uh, playing lead guitar with Dave Mustaine for, for in Megadeth because the I guess their lead player had requi- retired so he's pretty busy now but I get the occasional lesson it's awesome I love this I tell me more about what's what you're talking about on the guitar technique forum it's it's uh, nothing to do with like note choice or or style or whatever. It's just sheerly the stuff. I, at least the stuff I'm focused on is is sheerly technical stuff, like real inside baseball stuff, like hand position and wrist motion and, and finger position and that kind of stuff. Even more to get into with Core Blund. Stick around. It's Bullseye from MaximumFun.org and NPR. This message comes from Apple Card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase. That's 3% on products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. 
Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card, issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval, terms apply. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Mass Mutual. According to Calendar.com, the average person schedules just 4.5 hours per year on finances. Mass Mutual gets it. Life is busy. If you can't find time to plan your financial future, find someone who can. Like a Mass Mutual financial professional. For the last 170 years, they've helped people plan for retirement, college tuition, and any other short or long term financial goals. Learn more at MassMutual.com. This message comes from NPR sponsor Noom. Noom understands that not everyone is starting from the same place and takes that into account. With their first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, you can find a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. It's Bullseye. I'm Jesse Thorne. My guest is Western singer Cor Blund. His new album is called El Viejo. Well, I want to hear you play a song and um you brought a few songs with you including some songs from your new record El Viejo but there's an older song on here that I thought might be a nice place to start cuz it's sort of a ranch song called S Lazy H. Tell me about where this song came from. Yeah, okay. Uh this this song I tell people this is kind of about ag agricultural uh, estate planning really cuz it's a really common story in in the west where there'll be a family ranch there's a generational ranch and then the kids start fighting about who gets the money when they split it up and it gets chopped up and then it disappears so this song is the SLZH is a brand you know like a cattle brand out west we sort of call our ranches after our cattle brands like the Bar X or the or the you know the Rafter C or whatever it's the cow brand you know anyway SLZH is my a good friend of mine my childhood friend's brand and the setting for this song is kind of from his life. Like he's got a sister that went out east to go to school and he wanted to be a pilot, but uh, happily their ranch is intact. I just use his sort of, his sort of uh, life as a setting. But the, the truth part of it is, is sort of a story I've heard over and over and over that happens way too often out here. Well, I was born this valley on this ranch I was raised I learned to lope rope and dally on the S lazy H where the roots of my people they run deep on this place I am sixth generation on the S lazy H When it came to the future, I never gave it a thought. If there were Bronx to be broken, endless steers to be caught. Well, my youth, it was carefree, for the work was my play. And what I loved would always be there. On the S Lazy H I had one Beloved sister A few years younger Than me Before soul Cowboy had kissed her She left for school 
in the east Me, I might have gone to college Might have liked to fly planes But my dad needed help to run the S Lazy H So I worked there alongside him Put out all years in this place And I gained appreciation For the lines on his face And when mom had grown older And when dad passed away It fell to me to look after the S Lazy H By now my sister She had married A sharp attorney back east We'd eaten see I'd eye but I did my best to make peace What did they see When they looked over Over the fence one fine day They saw a whole lot of value In the S, lazy H So after thought and assessment The court awarded them half And no cow, calf operation Carries that kind of cash Well I worked through the numbers Worked them every which way Yeah I went through the numbers Oh and boys I'm afraid I had to sell 40 sections of the S Lazy H Sometimes right isn't equal Sometimes equal's not fair There will soon be rows of houses On that ridge over there Many lifetimes Labor will be all but erased So shed a tear And look skyward God help the S Lazy H The last few years were a struggle, but I gave it my best, and I tried to go forward on the land that was left. Well, I have lived with sorrow, and I will die with shame, for now the bank owns what's left of the S. Lazy H Corblen, that was so beautiful. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks.
I used to work at a place called the Trust for Public Land, and one of the big things that they did, you know, they worked to basically to convey land into mostly public ownership. But one of the things that they did was agricultural easements. And one of the reasons that people who had farms would sell easements on their farms, which is to say, agree to that their land would only be used for agricultural purposes. You can't subdivide it and stuff, right? Yeah, exactly. One of the reasons was that very reason that, you know, somebody would be retiring. And the question was, how do you get enough cash together to move it to the next generation without just selling? Yeah, that's right. It's like a, it's like a family house if a family house had cash flow issues, you know? Yep, that's exactly right. We, I've, I've done some work with the uh, Nature Conservancy up here. Do you guys have the Nature Conservancy down? It's probably the similar deal. Yeah. And yeah. you can still keep it in the family with an easement like that, but you just can't break it up and you can't, you can't subdivide it and you can't you know, break up the land and plant potatoes or whatever. You have to keep it in its natural state. One of the greatest forces for land conservation in the United States is hunters. Mm-hmm. Um, 100%. But, but in the West, there's a lot of people who whose living comes from uh, resource extraction. Yep. Um, I know that's something that you've worked very, very hard on in Alberta. What's the, what's going on there in terms of um, using natural resources to, uh, for money purposes? It's a complicated issue, and I'm not uh, naive enough to think that we can get off oil and gas tomorrow because we can't. People think we can, but our plastics are made of oil and gas, and our food supply is very intimately tied to oil and gas, and plastic is oil and gas, and heating our homes. and oil. So it's a complicated issue. I think it's probably energy is going to be the issue of our time and our next generation's time. But there's a particular issue here in Alberta that I've been really vocal about Um I always preface this by saying, A, I'm not anti-resource, but I think each project has to be looked at on its own merits. And B, I'm not partisan politically. I hate all political parties and most politicians generally across the board. But having said that, there's a there's been a plan to um, have to introduce open pit coal mining here in, in our Rocky Mountains. And and it's a really dumb idea. There's nothing in it for Albertans and all the companies doing it are foreign companies and all the coal is going to Asia and it's going to ruin our mountains and and potentially ruin our water. And we're in the middle of a multi-year drought here. And so we've been very vocal about the government's decision to, they, they quietly rescinded the policy that prevented this a couple of years ago without telling anyone, like on a Friday afternoon in the dark and before a, before a long weekend, hoping to not get any media coverage. Anyway, I don't. I have never been involved in politics in my entire career, and I never plan to be again. But this is a very local issue, and I'm not flying in from Hollywood on a jet. This is this is water that I personally drink. My friends and family personally drink. Our livestock drinks. Yeah, it's right in my backyard. So you you made most of this record just sitting in a room, right? Yeah, yeah. This is my tenth record of original material, plus all the rock band records and some covers records. So the, the longer I do this, the less enamored I am with fancy studios with black leather couches and pictures of Beatles on the wall. I like I like really funky environments like basements and living rooms and stuff. And and today like mobile recording gears pretty attainable and, and it's more about it's more about the vibe, right? 
And I'm also sick of, I, I've never really tried to make like really shiny, layered, professional sounding, quote unquote, professional sounding records. I like organic, raw sounding stuff. So we really went for that this time. And there's no electric instruments whatsoever. It's all acoustic. And it's just the four of us in a circle playing everything live. Like there's no, very, very little layering. It's all just one, two, three, go and hit hit record. Why did you choose to do that? Just for the humanity of it. Like the the more raw it is, the better I like it these days. Like the more organic and, and real it is. And I've toured with my band so many years that I'm not to not to pump our own tires, but we've played so much together. We have the ability to do that. Like not all bands are capable of laying stuff all down live at one in one take, but we've we've done a lot of that, and we've we really did a lot of work on the songs in rehearsal beforehand. So we we find that it's more organic that way. And at, at the end of the day, like art in general, especially music, is it's communication, right? And People don't care about how pristine stuff is and how perfect the kick drum sounds. People don't care about that. At the end of the day, they care about a human or a group of humans communicating something to them. So I think that the more raw and the more organic, and I keep using those words, but the more the more natural sounding it is, I think it reaches people more. At least that kind of thing reaches me, at least. My guest on Bullseye is Cor Blund, Oof. and uh, this is Redneck Rehab from his new record, El Viejo. Folks like us, we couldn't afford long vacations at the Betty Ford. Mama says they're gonna have to tough it out here. Grinding my teeth and grinding my gears. I just got five more weeks to go in redneck rehab. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Redneck rehab locked in a shack, a single wide trailer for a month and a half. Redneck rehab, mama got mad. And now we gotta kick speed for daddy gets back. Hot Shoe and Tom says, I got you fixed. The first one's free here. Try some of this. One bump for work and two to party. The hay's all cut and the colts are started. Up for days in the Georgia pine. Chopping wood and chopping lines. Redneck rehab locked in a shack. A single wide trailer for a month and a half. Redneck rehab, mama got mad. And now I gotta kick speed before daddy gets back. Didn't waste none of my time on liquor I climbed on a pony a whole lot quicker Stepped on coke and bathtub crank Prescription pills and purple drank Up for days till the fun all ended Now the mare ain't broken, the fence ain't mended Redneck rehab locked in a shack A single wide trailer for a month and a half Redneck rehab, mama got mad Redneck rehab locked in a shack, a single wild trailer for a month and a half. Redneck rehab, mama got trashed. Now she gotta kick speed before daddy gets back. Something like that. 
<laughs> we'll wrap up with Corb Lund in just a minute. When we come back from the break, he will talk more about his relationship with the late Ian Tyson, who might be Alberta's proudest son. It's Bullseye from MaximumFun.org and NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor Progressive. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit their website to get a quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, and their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. Then just choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Hello, everyone out there. Thank you for coming to our service. Yes. We are ready to heal heal you. you. We are Ross and Carrie. We are faith healers. Yes, Yes, you there. Yes, sir. You have a spirit of... Not listening to enough podcasts. We have the solution for that. We can cure you. You should listen to Oh No, Ross and Carrie. Hallelujah. Mm. Mm. It's on Maximum Fun. I couldn't have said it better myself. Yes, ma'am. Yes, you there. Gladys. spirit of boredom? Oh my goodness, we have the solution for you. It is to listen to the podcast, Oh Oh No, No, Ross Ross and and Carrie. Welcome back to Bullseye. I'm Jesse Thorne. I'm talking with singer-songwriter Corb Lund. He is a Western musician based in Alberta, Canada. He's had dozens of albums, won a bunch of awards, including a Juno. He has a new record out called El Viejo. Corb joined me from a studio near his hometown, where, as you have been hearing, he performed a few songs for us. Let's get back into our conversation. You lost a a good pal and uh, a mentor relatively recently in Ian Tyson. Um, Can you tell me a little bit about what he meant to Western music in Alberta? Yeah. Ian Tyson's a Canadian songwriter. He passed away last year at 88, I think. And um, he was a big folk star in the 60s as part of a duo called Ian and Sylvia. And he wrote a lot of big songs that were recovered by big artists like uh, Johnny Cash has recorded his stuff and John Denver. And there's a live version of Garth Brooks playing his stuff. And uh, notably, Neil Young recorded a a version of his song, Four Strong Winds. And um, so, yeah, he's he's, uh, internationally... Uh, renowned songwriter but he's also one of the main uh modern neo-traditional cowboy authentic cowboy songwriters and uh if you grew up as a ranch kid in alberta into music ian ian tyson loomed very large uh around here and i've discovered he's loomed very large all through the western u.s as well but he um so that's the background on him but then you know, it was probably inevitable that we we would meet because we both play Western music and we're both from Alberta. But I met him, I don't know, 20 years ago in Calgary here. I was part of a, an Ian Tyson tribute show. I was playing with a number of other artists covering his music as part of a concert. And he he came to the show and we, we met. I was pretty scared because, I mean, it's always intimidating to meet heroes, but he also had a reputation of being a little crusty, so I was pretty nervous to meet him. But he had heard my record, and he was nothing but a sweetheart to me, and he was a really good friend for many, many years, and we toured together and recorded together and uh, just lost him last year. When you were a kid, did you think he was cool or corny? He was just part of the fabric, you know? I didn't really think about it. Yeah, I thought it was cool. It was just because he was singing rodeo songs and cow songs and stuff, yeah. 
He he's never been. Yeah, no, I, there's never been a time throughout my life where I thought he was corny. No, he was very hip. Like for a for a for a Western songwriter, he he had a lot of really interesting chord choices and quite a wide harmonic vocabulary. And he was really literate. He was a he was a walking encyclopedia of the West. That guy. Do you want to play the title song from your new album? Yeah, uh, the new record's called El Viejo, which means old man in Spanish. That was our nickname for Ian, and. Uh, yeah, this is, most of my songs take months to write. Like I chip away at them a little bit every day. This one came together pretty quickly. And the melody is based on a guitar riff I've been playing backstage for years. So this is, this is El Viejo for Ian. El Viejo, friend of mine. Think you left us just in time Ride a vodka, no more wine Think you left us just in time You know I hate to see you leave But it ain't no secret you believed You was meant for earlier days Wilder times and a freer range So, oh, compadre, Lord, I know You was likely glad to go I hope it's easier in time For those of us you've left behind Thank Dean and Blackjack down at Stockman's in Nevada anymore And they'd want to pay you six to five And that ain't hardly worth a plan for All the scene were slot machines From wall to wall to whole casino floor Nobody hitting the 17 Playing against the dealer, that's for sure Elko Blues indeed You know we did the best we could But the shine was off the wood We played up most all of your songs But with you and Dawn and Baxter gone Let's sure leave some boots to fill I'm not sure we ever will On a slightly brighter side The outside circle guys Well they're still tearing up the star And Capriolas ain't that far Vanting and blackjack down at Stockman's in Nevada anymore And they'd want to pay you six to five That ain't hardly worth the plan for All the same was slot machines From wall to wall to whole casino floor 
Nobody hitting 17 Worse yet, the commercials closed his doors Nobody hitting 17 Playing against the dealer, rest assured There'll be echo, friend of mine I think you left us just in time Corbis, beautiful song. Thanks. Yeah, I, it's funny because it, it came quite a while after we lost Ian, and I, I knew I'd probably end up, end up writing something. And I tried a couple of times, and it was pretty hackneyed and kind of goofy and kind of corny. And then I was sitting around one day, and that one just kind of poured out of me. So I guess I guess the subconscious was at work, you know. Is there an Ian Taylor song that you'd like to sing? Uh yeah, there's an Ian Tyson song that's probably I'll I'll play his most famous one if you like that. This is the one that Neil Young made famous. And it's funny because as a kid at summer camp, this was this was actually printed out on, you know, typed out and photocopied, along with Sloop John B and and uh, you know, uh, Kumbaya and stuff. And I had no idea as a small, very small child that this was actually a song written by a contemporary Albertan, but Four strong winds that blow lonely Seven seas that run high All those things that don't change Come what may Well our good times are all gone And I'm bound from moving on I'll look for you if I'm ever back this way I think I'll go out to Alberta Weather's good there in the fall I got some friends that I can go to working for Still I wish you'd change your mind If I asked you one more time but we've been through that a hundred times or more Four strong winds that blow lonely Seven seas that run high All those things that don't change Come what may Well our good times are all gone and I'm bound for moving on I'll look for you if I'm ever back this way If I get there before the snow flies And if things are looking good You can meet me if I send you out the fair but by then it would be winter Nothing much for you to do And those winds sure blow cold Way out there 
Four strong winds that blow alone Seven seas that run high All those things that don't change Come what may When our good times are all gone And I'm bound for moving on I'll look for you if I'm ever back this way I'll look for you if I'm ever back this way Thank you, Corb. Yeah. Uh, we're all real proud of that one as an Albert as Albertan. That's that's probably the best name drop Albertan Alberta has ever had in a song. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like a national anthem. I think the folk festival ends with that song. It does, year, right? It does. Yeah, the Edmonton Folk Festival. It's a tradition. Yep. Well, Corbland, I sure am grateful for your time. Thank you so much for talking to me. Yeah, it was a blast. Thanks for having me. Do you want to sing one more time, one more song before we go? Yeah, sure. This is a song called "Getting Down in the Mountain." It's about the end of the world. stops, everything stops, nothing left in the fountain. Nobody wants paper money, son, so you just will stop counting. Can you break the horse? Can you light the fire? What's that? I beg your pardon. You best start thinking where your food comes from, and I hope you tend a good garden. We're getting down on the mountain, getting down on the mountain. Don't want to be around when the ship goes down, I'll be getting down on the mountain. When the trucks don't run, the bread won't come. Have a hard time finding petrol. Water ain't running the city no more. Do you hold any precious metal? Can you gut the fish? Can you read the sky? What's that about overcrowding? You ever seen a man whose kids ain't ate for 17 days and counting? We're getting down on the mountain. Getting down on the mountain. Don't want to be around when the ship goes down. I'll be getting down on the mountain. There ain't no heat, the power's gone out, it's kerosene lamps and candles. The roads are blocked, it's all gridlocked, you got a shortwave handle. Can you track the deer, can you dig the well? I couldn't quite hear your answer. I think I see a rip in the social fabric. Brother, can you spare some ammo? We're getting down on the mountain, going to ground on the mountain. Don't want to be around when the ship goes down, I'll be getting down on the mountain. The oil stops, everything stops, nothing left in the fountain. Nobody wants paper money, son, so you just will stop counting. Can you break the horse? Can you light the fire? What's that? I beg your pardon. You best start thinking where your food comes from, and I hope you tend a good garden. We're getting down on the mountain, going to ground on the mountain. Don't want to be around when the ship goes down. I'll be getting down on the mountain, getting down on the mountain. Getting down on the mountain Don't want to be around when the ship goes down I'll be getting down on the mountain Getting down on the mountain
thank you again so very much. Yeah, thanks. It was a lot of fun. Corblund, folks. His new album is called El Viejo. It's out now on New West Records. You can stream and download it wherever you listen to music. It's great. That's the end of another episode of Bullseye. Bullseye is created from the homes of me and the staff of Maximum Fun in and around greater Los Angeles, California. Here at my house, I'm still working on my backyard studio slash office. And uh, boy, are there a lot of different colors of white paint. I went with cottage white. Uh, If you're interested, that's uh, paint number W3-3. It's a color with unmistakable honey gold notes like a picket fence in a bucolic country setting reflecting the sun or the golden meadows surrounding it. Almost exactly the same as all of the other whites. Our show is produced by Speaking Into Microphones. Our senior producer is Kevin Ferguson. Our producers are Jesus Ambrosio and Richard Roby. Our production fellow at Maximum Fun is Daniel Huesias. We get booking help from Merritt Davis. Special thanks this week to Pete Irwin at Six Degrees Sound in Calgary, Alberta for recording Cor Blund. Our interstitial music is by DJW, also known as Dan Wally. Our theme song is Huddle Formation by The Go Team. Thanks to The Go Team. Thanks to their label, Memphis Industries. We are sharing all kinds of stuff lately on Instagram, at Bullseye with Jesse Thorne. Follow us there. I am personally on Instagram as well, put.this.on. I think that's about it. Just remember, all great radio hosts have a signature sign-off. Bullseye with Jesse Thorne is a production of MaximumFun.org and is distributed by NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor HubSpot. Imagine growing a business with high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. This message comes from NPR sponsor Capella University. With Capella's FlexPath Learning Format, you can earn your degree online at your own pace and get support from people who care about your success. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Last year, over 20,000 people joined the Body Electric study to change their sedentary, screen-filled lives. And guess what? We saw amazing effects. Now you can try NPR's Body Electric Challenge yourself. Listen to updated and new episodes wherever you get your podcasts.